appreciate again everyone being with us in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles and will turn with us tonight to the book of Luke chapter number 7. It's good to have Noah in service with us. Good to see him. Good to see Riley home. He's going to be home for the summer, if I heard that correctly. So we're going to have her home with us a little while. And uh, boy, am I glad about that. Amen. It's just encouraging to see what God is doing in her life. And uh, she taught Sunday school for us. One of the times when she was home, I don't know if it was around Christmas, when you were home a little bit, and uh, just felt led to get her to fill in for us and, and teach. And I, I was actually preaching that Sunday, and uh, I had some more praying to do before the service, but I sat through about the first 15 minutes, and I didn't want to leave. When I tell you she was doing a great job, she was doing a great job, and uh, it just brought tears to my eyes because I remember first coming here uh, 16 years ago before I uh, started coming down full time last month was 14 years I remember Riley was just a little thing to see her grow and uh, God put a calling on her life and her walking that calling out that was a blessing for me to see and uh, I'm proud of her proud of our young people all of our young people choice young people in the kingdom of God so uh, always glad to see what God is doing in and through them. Luke chapter number 7. I'm going to begin our reading with verse number 11. And it reads as this, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he had come nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Situation went from bad to worse. She's already buried her husband. She's a widow. And now her only son is laying dead on a bier. And much people of the city was with her. This was could have been a prominent family in the city. We don't know, but this funeral procession brought out a lot of people. But the Bible says in verse 13, And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and he touched the buyer or the coffin. And they that bare him stood still and said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen among us, and that God hath visited his people. And his, uh, this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea, throughout all the region round about. So I was praying and seeking God for this service. The Lord laid a, uh, an old thought on my heart that he gave me some time ago, but to preach it in this service tonight. Had other things to preach, new uh, topics, new sermons God had given me, but this was the message that he wanted for tonight. And I just want to preach to you if the Lord will help me for a very few moments on a fresh touch. 
a fresh touch. If you will, stretch forth your hands this way and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we love you. I thank you, oh God, for the ability that we have to come into your house. Thank you for your spirit that we have been made to feel. Father, we are a people that need a touch from you. God, there's circumstances, there's situations going on right now in individuals' lives that their neighbor may not know what's going on, their spouse may not know what's going on, but Father, you do. And you have ordained this service tonight to reach out and extend your hand. God, to touch us, to change us. Oh God, for your spirit to be applied upon us, for you to save us, deliver us, heal us. Fill us, oh God, with your spirit. So we said from the onset of this service, it's not mine, it's not ours, but Father, we give it to you and ask you to have your free reign in this place. God, let it be your words that's flowed tonight, not mine. God, let it be your spirit that's, that's seen and displayed tonight and not my flesh. But oh God, have your will and way in every heart and life and we're going to be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. amen. The Bible says of us, of, of humans, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were made in the nature and in the image of God. We weren't just the, the product of osmosis. We're not just happen chance. We're not just a, a blob of sails that um, just, just happened to be. We were God-ordained. And we were created in the nature and the image of God. And if there's one thing that he created us as human beings with a need for is the need and the sense of touch. We know that touch is one of the five senses that we have in our beings. Along with seeing and hearing and smelling and tasting. God created humans with a, uh, the ability to feel and to touch. And we know that in the physical, there is power in a touch. This was rehashed as I was studying last week uh, about the message we preached Sunday morning on God's answer for our anxieties and dealing with anxiety and, and depression. And there is a, a, a characteristic among many that are anxious and depressed. And I'm not saying that this is the, the, the case in every example but when it comes to this feeling of touch and the feeling of the senses, that those that lack that and those that don't feel an affectionate touch as much as others are more prone to be depressed, are more prone to experience anxiety, are more prone to those sensations. For babies that are born, we know that it is scientific fact that some of the most important moments of that baby's life is the first moments out of the womb where as quickly as possible they want to put that baby in its mother's arm for skin-to-skin -skin contact for that baby to feel, for that, that baby to, to feel warmth, for there to be a connection there, a bond and how, however small it may be with that mom and with that baby because they have their scientific studies on this to show that babies that are, are, are held more, babies that are loved more, babies that are caressed more, they gain weight quicker. Their senses come alive quicker. Maybe I was just held a lot as a baby. Amen. That's what I'm going to go with. This baby weight, I just hadn't lost it yet. Amen. 
They're more apt to gain weight. They're healthier babies because they have a, a, a constant sense of touch. And on the other side of that coin, babies that don't have that feeling of touch. Babies that maybe are abandoned. Babies that uh, maybe their mother gives them up. They are more inept to health problems and health issues early on in life. But also, as they grow up in life, more prone to uh, mental instability for uh, physical or uh, mental uh, diagnosis and, and depression and anxiety and things along those lines. So God created humans with an ornate and innate desire for touch, to, to, to feel something. I, I know in this day and age, it is a, uh, a sad reality, but there's many young people and adults alike that have now started cutting themselves. And you ask them why they are doing it. And they say, I just feel numb. And I want to feel something. That feeling of pain for me, that's absolutely crazy, ludicrous. I don't like pain. But for some people in their shoes, that's the only thing that they can feel. They are so numb. They have been so beaten down. And while it is a negative touch, they just want to feel something, so they resort to cutting themselves. And we think how crazy and how foolish, but outside the walls of this church, it would blow your mind. It would blow your mind in Magnolia Springs and Foley and in Baldwin County. How many of our young people fall into this category. They want to feel something even if it's pain. Amen. We, we've, we, we've got to do something about that. Cutting themselves is not the answer. But God has created us in His nature and His image with a desire for us to feel a connection. We are wired in the physical to feel, to have a connection. Amen. And if God created us that way in the physical, how much more important is it in the spiritual uh, for us uh, to have a touch of God on our life. If it's that important in the physical, I can tell you it's a thousand times more important uh, in the spiritual for God uh, to reach down and touch us, folks. We can do without a lot of things in this world that we have, uh, but we cannot do without uh, a touch of God. We can do without a lot of the things that we think we have to have. But when it's all stripped away, we realize that it's just chaff. Amen. We realize that it's just flesh. But what we can't do without is God and His touch. Hallelujah. There is no substitute for the touch of God in our life. That young person that's out there cutting themselves, they're trying to feel something. They're trying to have their senses come alive. They don't need a knife in their hand. They need God in their heart. For the alcoholic that's out there killing his liver and his body, amen, drinking poison, what's he trying to do? He's trying to feel something, amen. He don't need that alcohol. He needs a fresh touch of God on his life. The alcohol is not the answer. The knife is not the answer. Drugs is not the answer. The affair is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Nobody and nothing can touch your life like Jesus can. I've been there going through things in this life. 
trying to fill a void. What I was trying to fill that void with only left me hung over, hung up, and hung out. But when I experienced this touch of God that I'm preaching to you about tonight, everything changed. Everything changed. And I can tell you 18 years later, you can try to do life without him. You can try to go your own way. But brother or sister, you've got to have his touch. You've got to have his touch. The Bible says a lot about touch. As a matter of fact, 97 times in the Bible, you'll find the word touched and touched used. But I can tell you there was no greater touch than that is when Jesus would reach out and touch man. You think about it. A holy, sovereign God extending His hand to touch fallen, depraved humanity. No other God will do that. Islam, Muslims are praying to a God that they'll never touch Him and He'll never touch them. They can pray to a statue of Buddha all day long and they can touch and they can feel him. But he'll never extend that hand out and touch him back. The Catholics can pray to all of their dead saints. There'll never be a dead saint reach out their hand to touch them because they're dead. But when we pray to him, hallelujah. The Bible says his hand is not shortened where he cannot reach. His ear is not deaf where he cannot hear. Amen. But he's willing to incline himself unto us, which means to bend over, to stretch himself out, and to avail himself unto man. That's the God that I'm preaching to you about. The same God that spoke into nothing and made everything has availed himself unto us and given us the opportunity and the capability to come boldly to the throne of grace. Oh, what? For what reason that we may touch him and he may touch us? Hallelujah. I feel God in this house tonight. Amen. I'm preaching to you about the power of a touch and I believe God himself is making himself available unto us tonight. Yes, the cares of life may be damaging. Yes, the cares of life may be over your head. Oh, but he's stretching out his arm tonight, availing himself unto us. And if we will but reach up, he will reach down and he will give us the power of his touch. So you don't understand what I'm going through. The greatest revelation. God ever gave me and not that I'm anything or anybody but you study out through scripture I've since found a couple of years after the fact that somebody wrote a book on it I can promise you it didn't come from a book and if they got it from me I sure wish they'd send me the royalty check <laughs> But you look in creation when God formed man out of the dust of the ground. He had to get his hands dirty. He had dirt under his fingernails as he was forming man out of the dust of the ground. He had dirt all over him 
as he was formed, that man making him in his image. David in Psalms 40, when he found himself in a horrible pit, stuck in the miry clay spiritually, the Bible said that God inclined himself unto me, that he picked me up, set my foot on a rock. If David is in miry clay, God had to get his hands dirty when he was picking David up. Amen. You, you say the situations that I'm going through. Amen. I'm too dirty. I'm too bad. I'm not. Uh, amen. I'm not clean. Listen, that same God is still not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's willing to reach past all of the mess, all of the junk, all of the filth to reach you where you are. Amen. To touch you, to pick you up out of the pit, to put your foot on the rock, to put a new song in your mouth, to establish your goings and to change your circumstance and turn it upside down for the glory of almighty God. Amen. Tonight he's reaching. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Oh God. If you will but just take advantage of the opportunity and reach up while he's reaching down. God will touch you. This is different on a Wednesday night. I feel the Holy Ghost as much as I ever have in my bones here to help us tonight. Our text shows us there's power in his touch. In Luke chapter number seven, he come to the city. This woman's situation had gone from bad to worse. She's buried her husband. Now she's burying her son. But notice what the Lord said. The Lord saw her. You can take consolation tonight because God sees. God sees right where we are. He saw her and had compassion on her. He is a compassionate God. He's moved with compassion for us. And he said unto her, weep not. But then he came and he touched the buyer or the coffin. This was a no-no right. under the law. Right. There are some that try to pin Jesus down on this verse that try to cast stones and accusations at him and use this verse to say he was a lawbreaker. Because under the Levitical law, they were not to touch a corpse, they weren't even to touch the bed that the corpse lay on. You see, Jesus was not a lawbreaker. He was a law fulfiller. Hallelujah. He was the law. Amen. He was the law embodiment in the flesh. And he saw this boy that was dead. He was compassionate. And he reached out on the buyer and he touched it. In this, we see two absolutes in a stare down. We see a showdown right here between two absolutes. The first absolute is the power of death. When you are dead, you're dead. When you're dead, you're lifeless. In our text, this, this boy was dead. That's the Greek word, uh, apoth, uh, nikos, which means to die, to expire, to be breathless. If you're not breathing, you were D-E-A-D, dead. And when you're dead, there's no coming back. Unless you're Lazarus. And unless you're this boy, which we'll get to in just a minute. 
This boy had been dead for hours. It wasn't just three minutes ago we quit breathing. He's been dead for a while. Everybody knew he was dead. And the fact of the matter is, is that death is an absolute for every one of us. For the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. I hate to be Debbie Downer. But at some point in time, if Jesus tarries his coming, we are all going to experience this journey. It is appointed. The same way there is a birth date on that birth certificate, there is an expiration date when somebody will sign the death certificate. It is absolute. There is no change in it outside the rapture of the church. Unless Jesus comes, we will all go by way of the grave. What a great, positive, uplifting message. But it's fact. It's absolute. We're all going to experience it at some point in time. Death is absolute. Amen. We know that this is a fact. Amen. But beyond this, there's another absolute in this scripture. Not only the absolute death, the absolute power of death, but we see the absolute power of Christ put on display. We see the absolute power of Christ. This boy was dead, D-E-A-D, expired, no life, not breathing. But Jesus walked up to him and touched the buyer, touched where he was, extended his hand, and he said unto the boy, Arise, hallelujah. He looked at him beyond what he was, amen, and saw that his absolute power, amen, was greater than the absolute power of death. That the power he had in his hand is greater than the power that death holds in its hands. And he looked at it eyeball to eyeball and said, you might have absolute authority over everybody else, but death, you have no absolute authority over me. Hallelujah. Boy, get up and rise. And one translation of the Bible says, he arose. Get up, boy. And he arose. There was no debate between Christ and death. There was no debate on whether or not death should loose him. No, Christ issued the command and death had to loose its grip. The absolute power of Christ was put on display to show us that he has all power in his hands. The absolute power of Christ is greater than anything that we're battling or going through. Amen. Your marriage may be dead. His touch is greater. Your finances may be dead. His touch is greater. Your spiritual walk may be dead. Just get in his presence and have his touch applied, and you will find his touch is greater. You may feel like your ministry is dead. You just need a fresh touch. There's no such thing as retiring in the kingdom of God. We don't retire, we refire. Say it's over with. No, I'll just go back to the prayer closet. Get a fresh touch. A fresh touch. This verse shows us the second greatest revelation, and maybe the first, I don't know. I'm not here to qualify. But it was in this, this message. Years ago, God dealt with me, not in notes, but just popline you straight down from heaven. Jesus touched the bar and looked at the boy and he said get up arise and he arose God spoke to my heart instantaneously that night while preaching 
said, there's enough power in the spoken word of God to bring anything that's dead back to life. There is enough power in this book. There's enough power in the word of God to bring anything that's dead back to life. If you just have faith to believe it, faith to receive it, there's enough power in his word for everything that you're facing in your life. You don't need anything, friend, outside of his touch. Is it really more powerful than death? I wish Big David was here. I preached for at Somerdale. It had to be 10 years ago, maybe more. First or second time ever preaching there. Just a handful was there that Sunday morning. I preached and nothing happened. It's kind of one of those services where you just hang your head a little bit and you give it all you got, you sweat, spit, holler, stomp, why nothing happening. And I watched an old lady, an older lady. She was, the church, when I say frail, she was frail. She went back to her pew and we were dismissing, saying the dismissal prayer. And I watched that lady as she sat down on the pew and she just slumped over. And she was laying on the pew. We prayed, hurried up and dismissed and ran back to her. By the time we got to her, this lady was not breathing. Felt for a pulse. There was no pulse. Ah, that point in time, I said, somebody needs to call 911. They called an ambulance, got it on the way. We did what we could do. We were about to start a CPR owner, and Big David said, why don't we pray? Give God a chance. And I said, we'll pray, but y'all keep the ambulance coming. I'm not here telling you I'm some SSP super spiritual person. I knew this lady needed some help. And I said, we'll pray. Keep the ambulance coming. We prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. Nothing happened. This lady was turning blue. She was gone, folks. Big David was there. He can attest to it. A lady that was visiting that service wrote a testimony about it. I actually wound up by way in my inbox, uh, giving the account. About five minutes went by. This woman didn't breathe. This woman had no pulse. This woman had no heartbeat. And I, I hollered out. I said, is the ambulance here? They went out and called 911 again. And I was going to, I heard the sirens and I was going to run out. And Big David grabbed my hand again. He said, let's pray one more time. I said, let's do it. So we prayed earnestly. A lightning bolt didn't come down from heaven. Seven angels didn't come down and sprinkle fairy dust on her. We said the prayer and said, Amen. In my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, she's gone. But I watched that woman in one swift motion. Her eyes opened. She inhaled and she sat up. All in one motion. Eyes, eyes popped open, breathed in and swiftly sat up. And she looked around and she said, what are y'all doing here? I didn't have words to say about what just happened. But I saw the Lord bring the dead back to life. I saw firsthand for myself that he is able to take that which is dead 
and bring it back to life. That there is all power in His hands. That there's all power in His Word. That lady, after she said that, said, I'm ready to go home. I'm hungry. She grabbed her purse got her keys out, got into the car, and drove herself home. I know people don't want to believe me when I say that, but I was there when it happened. I guess I ought to know. Testimonies, amen, of people in that church. Amen, testimonies from visitors that were there that saw what God did. I've come to tell you your situation may seem dead. It may seem hopeless. It may seem over. But my God is able to extend his hand to apply his touch and bring that which is dead back to life again. I can't do it. You can't do it. But one moment in his presence, he can make the impossible possible and he can bring the dead back to life. Lift your hands and love him all over this house. God do it tonight. He's greater than death. He's greater than your sin. Your wickedness. If you're lost in sin and trespasses, you're dead towards God. There's no gray area in that. And He's able. His touch is greater than sin. If you'll come to Him with a repentant heart, confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. His touch is greater. His touch is greater than blindness, both physically and spiritually. Look back there at that beautiful blonde-haired wife of mine. Last year, battling bouts, not going, not knowing what's going on with her eyes. Hospital, spinal taps, everything. Eyes couldn't focus in and out. Eyes fluttered. You look back at her, at her tonight, healed by the power of God, because it was on a Wednesday night, standing right there. We anointed her with oil. The Church of God prayed, and God gave us a miracle. He didn't come the first time I called on his name. I fasted and prayed many days. No answer. It wasn't my fasting or my praying that produced that healing. And can I tell you, the first time we prayed as a church, she felt better and she went home and the devil jumped right back on her back. And for a week, amen, she was struggling. She said, what are we going to do? I said, the only thing I know to do is to obey the scripture. Every service until you get a healing. We're going to bring you. We're going to call for the elders of the church. We're going to anoint you with oil and we're going to pray. Amen. On a Wednesday night, the power of God hit her right there. She began shouting and I knew within my heart it was done. I knew at that moment in time, God had given us a miracle. I went from begging and praying for a miracle to lifting my hands and thanking God for what He's done. She didn't have a diagnosis. She didn't have a metaphysical release. But I knew the great physician had taken her case and reached out His hand and healed her body. And tonight, amen, she's healed and made whole what he did for Zacchaeus what he did for the blind man at the pool of Siloam he can do for you he can put eyes in Joseph Stallworth's head he can open the eyes of the 
blind and restore sight back to those eyes. 2020 vision. Amen. He is the blind eye opener because his touch is greater than blindness. Not only physically, but spiritually. It's far worse to be spiritually blind than it is to be physically blind. And have no fear. His touch is greater than that too. He still opens the eyes of the blind. Hallelujah. His touch is greater than any sickness you may be going through. His touch is greater than fear. Preach to you about the answer for our anxiety Sunday morning. Go back and listen to it. God was in this house. Not because I preached it. Amen. But he was just here. For the disciples, you read it for yourself. When Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Figuration, the disciples heard it, fell on their face, and the Bible says they were sore. Afraid. Fear gripped their heart. But he said in Matthew 8 verse 15, or excuse me, Matthew 17 verse 7, and Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. His touch removed all their fears what brought them to their knees what laid them out on their face because of their fear when Jesus touched them they were then able to stand said preacher this trial is too much it's more than I can bear it's just brought me right down to my knees you're in a good position you're in the perfect position for Jesus to extend his hand. And the same way he said unto those disciples, he can say unto us arise and to prove that his touch is greater than all our fears. His touch is greater. I feel like somebody in this house that I'm cursed and I'm done. It is possible for me to preach under 45 minutes. Thank God. It's a proven fact. You don't have to preach all night when God's here. And I feel him here tonight. Somebody here needs a touch. Somebody here is battling all of hell. And I can tell you it's no accident nor chance that you are here. That God ordained this midweek service on a Wednesday night at 6.30 at Bible Way Assembly. With you in mind. With me in mind. This week may have knocked you flat on your face. All the cares, the affairs of this life. And you feel like you're at wit's end and at the end of your rope. You don't need to throw up your hands and quit. You need to throw up your hands and surrender. And just reach out and touch the Lord. Amen. Reminded of that old song. But what a great truth. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy, my God, to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment your needs to supply. Just reach out and touch the Lord. 
as he goes by. He's walking by tonight. He's passing by before you. If you'll just be honest with God. Amen. Be honest with him and say, I've got to have him tonight. I've got to have a touch. I've got to have him intervene in this situation. It may not come out exactly like you think. It may not come out exactly like you had planned. But if you have his touch, friend, you have enough. For some, he might have brought you to this place in life because in your pride you think you can handle life on your own. But God sent this trial this way to prove to you you can't. You've got to have his touch. You've got to have him. And that same Jesus is in this house tonight. And he's reaching down, if you will, but just reach up and take him. He will touch your life.